Liberal Democrat Senator John Fetterman has just lambasted the government of South Africa for encouraging and perpetrating genocide against white people. Wait, what? And now let's also talk about that. Now we're talking about genocide. And now South Africa now is now bringing that kind of a, a trial. Maybe South Africa being able to sit this one out when they're talking about criticizing. <laughs> Let me read that again. Liberal Democrat senator lambasted South Africa for genocide against white people, which is a fact, by the way. Here's the leader of the third largest political party in the South African parliament. Shoot to kill the monster. Kiss the poor, the farmer. Kiss the poor, the farmer. Shoot to kill, kill the boa, kill the farmer. Now, Fetterman made those comments in order to make a different point in support of Israel's actions against Gaza. So it wasn't totally out of the blue. But still, Fetterman's comments seem to suggest that we are now officially living in a 90s comedy movie in which the protagonist gets hit on the head and suddenly changes all his views about everything. Marvelous news for two reasons. One, Senator Fetterman is clearly making great strides in recovering from his health issues. And two, because as Fetterman's brain function improves, he is becoming increasingly right-wing. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Lil Nas X, the rapper who infamously made a music video depicting him himself getting sodomized by the devil, uh, announces that he's about to become a Christian. And I'm a little skeptical, but we'll, we'll get to that in one second. First, though, I guess it's sort of a related story. Uh, this out of Africa. Well, talk about all sorts of tie-ins. Tie-ins to the Fetterman <laughs> opening, tie-ins to Lil Nas X. Uh, there were widespread news reports based on a document that came out of the Holy Office of the Vatican that said that the Vatican was now going to permit blessings for same-sex couples. Now, many people pointed to the document that came out of the Holy Office and said, no, it doesn't actually permit blessings of same-sex unions. It doesn't actually change church teaching on marriage and the relation of men to women. It does, no, it's, it's much more modest than that. Nothing's changed at all. But the, the document has led to widespread confusion. Very prominent liberal priests have interpreted the document quite publicly as affirming blessings for these same-sex couples. And the, the Vatican hasn't really said too much about it. Uh, now you have bishops out of Africa responding to the Vatican saying that as they read this document, it's all a little bit confusing, but in any case, they are not going to be blessing same-sex unions. They're not going to be uh, causing that kind of scandal. Uh, led by Cardinal Ambongo, uh, they say that they will, there will be, quote, no blessing for homosexual couples in Africa as such unions are contrary 
to the will of God and as homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered and contrary to the natural law. It could all be summed up by the pithy line of this African spokesman. Why are you gay? Who says I'm gay? You are gay. You know, that seems like a joke. And I don't, you know, I don't think that that gentleman works for the cardinals or the bishops or anything. But he is actually a a devout Catholic, apparently. That guy, the guy from the, why are you gay? You are gay meme. Simon Kagwa Najala is Ugandan and he's a a devoted Catholic. And so why do I bring up this story? There's, There's enough weird sex stuff in the news that we don't need to point to another example of it. The reason I bring this up is to talk about Africa, actually, and the difference between Africa and the West as seen from the vantage of the Catholic Church, which is Catholic, so it spans the whole world. Liberalism is a Western thing. Liberalism is a Western thing that sprouted up out of Europe's rejection of the faith that formed her whole civilization. In in America, we talk about liberalism and leftism as though this were the natural ideology of all the marginalized and oppressed peoples, especially the peoples of color, all of the people on the fringes against the evil white man. But it's, it's really not. It's really not. Africa is not a liberal place. Far from it. The African bishops, the African cardinals, they're, they're not the liberal ones in the church, okay? Liberalism is an ideology that is imposed on the world by Europeans, and specifically by Europeans who have rejected their ancestral faith. This is why liberalism is just a kind of a parody of Christianity. It it has similar impulses to Christianity. It uses similar kind of language as Christianity, the language of rights, the language of dignity, the the language of uh, equality, the language of freedom, true freedom. But it it takes God out of the equation. And so everything gets extremely perverted and everything falls to pot. This has been a problem, not just for the last 50, 60 years in the West. This has been a problem for the last 500 years in the West. Okay. This is a problem of modernity, especially gaining in steam during the enlightenment project, which is shoot. We've got this great civilization, but we've lost our faith. What are we going to do now? Okay, I know what we'll do. We'll get rid of God and then we'll be gods. And we'll, we'll discover all the secrets of the universe and we'll, we'll be the masters of our own fate. And we, yeah, we, okay, we don't think that God created morality or something, but that doesn't matter. We don't need God for morality. We'll just kind of do it ourselves, all right? And, and we can tinker around it. We can improve on things, actually. And it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked at all. By virtually every measure, our civilization has crumbled since we've tried to do that, most notably in the fact that we don't form families and have children anymore, so the civilization is literally dying. And, and it seems like we, we can't even imagine that other people would reject that idea. Liberals in the West are shocked when African bishops come out and they say, yeah, we're going to stick with the 2,000-year teaching of the church. We're not going to I'm not saying we're not rejecting anything out of the Vatican. We're just, if there is any confusion, we're going we're gonna to clarify our view of things, which is we stick with the 2,000-year teaching of the church, and we're not going to lead people into scandal. Maybe, maybe the West could take a, a note from these African cardinals and return to her very finest traditions. This brings me back to a story in the States. The story is that a female teacher has been charged with sleeping with 
a 16-year-old male student. The teacher is rather young herself. She's 26 years old, and she's pretty good-looking. And so, do we? We I, we have, I guess we have to. There's only there's only one response ever to the. Where were these teachers when I was in school? Right. That's the, that's a response. That's a response. Universally, one of these stories crops up every month. I don't know. Probably more than that. And it's some hot young teacher and some teenage boy, usually a little bit of an older teenager, 16, 17. And they sleep together and the story comes out and she gets charged with sexual assault. And then every person in the country, at least every guy, says, hey, hey, nice, cool, man. Where were these teachers when I was in school? And it's kind of a funny line. I'm not denying that it's a funny line. But the fact that that's always the response tells you something about our sexual ethic. Because it's, it's legitimately very bad. It's sincerely a bad thing. And it's not just bad because 16-year-old boys shouldn't be having sex. They shouldn't be. A lot of them do, but they shouldn't be. It's not just bad because this woman is in a position of power. And so there's a, a big power imbalance here. It's not just bad because parents should be able to send their kids to school without worrying about their, their kids being molested by teachers. It's not, it's not just bad because that woman is divorced. So it creates all sorts of, plants all new seeds of, of scandal in kids' minds about that, about what marriage is, about what sex is. It's not just bad because he could have gotten her pregnant. And then what? Would that have led to, I don't know, would that have led to an abortion? I certainly hope not. Would that have, it could have derailed a lot of this kid's life? What? It's, it's bad because since the 1960s, we have replaced our old moral order with one moral maxim, and that is, if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, then you should do it. Now, if, if that's our moral maxim, why should this kid not be allowed to sleep with his teacher, especially if she's kind of young and hot and willing? Well, you might say, because he's a minor. He's 16. Oh, he's 16, and he shouldn't be allowed to have a consensual sexual relationship with his teacher? Well, of course he can't have a consensual sexual relationship. A 16-year-old can't consent. Oh, interesting. Because I was told that an 8-year-old can consent to sexual mutilations and, and puberty blockers and hormones that will forever change his biochemistry and weaken his bones and sterilize him or her and probably lead to early death. So hold on, an 8-year-old can consent to that kind of permanent radical sexual action, but a 16-year-old can't have a fling with his young teacher? No, of course, that, that breaks down too. Can, even the, the basic moral criterion that we accept in liberal modernity, consent, starts to break down. Well, no, maybe, a, look, an eight-year-old can consent to that, just not this. And a 16-year-old can consent to that, just not this. It starts to break down. We all know that this story is wrong. Most, most sensible people know that this story is wrong. It's, it's just so scandalous. It leads to a stumbling block. This is what the millstone verse of the Bible is about. Whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble, the, mil, the fa famous millstone verse. It's, it's not about physically harming children. It's about creating scandal and leading people away from God. If we all know that there's something a little bit wrong with this, the, the weirdest part of the story is that apparently the kid's father knew and the kid's father allowed it to happen. 
So then the joke is, oh, wow, father of the year. I'm going to give him number number one dad in town mug for, for Father's Day. But he's not the father of the year. That's actually very bad. <laughs> it's very bad to do. And, and we all kind of know it deep down. So what that implies then is that our moral revolution of the last 60 years is wrong. What that implies then is there are other moral criteria to judge. To stop making the same old joke about this story forces us to reconsider the entire moral revolution that we've had since the 1960s. Frankly, the seeds of a moral revolution that go back much, much further than that. Are we able to to return to that? Are we living in a world after virtue where we we just can't make sense of that anymore? Is there a chance that we can recover something of uh, a sensible ethic? Remains to be seen. We got to talk about it. And when you want to talk, you got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com slash Knowles. If you're looking to save money this year, but don't want to sacrifice your cell service, Pure Talk has your back. Instead of paying your current cell phone provider 60, 70, 80 bucks a line, Pure Talk has unlimited plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. You will get the same coverage that you're used to on America's most dependable 5G network for just 20 bucks a month. This is how the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. Switch to a wireless company that shares your beliefs, a company that is veteran-owned, that serves veterans, and that isn't afraid to invest in shows like mine. These guys are on the best network in the country. It is available for international so that was for a while. People said, "Well, if I have Pure Talk and I, I travel overseas or something, it might." They now have international. It's just amazing. You're, if you're not switching to Pure Talk, you are just throwing money out the window. And you can switch in as little as ten minutes. Go to puretalk.com/knowles right now. You'll save an additional fifty percent off your first month. That is puretalk.com/knowles. Canada W L E S. Puretalk.com/knowles. Start the year saving on wireless with a company you can be proud of. The most story, uh, most disturbing story that I've read in probably a year, just came out, and it is uh, gone viral, even though it's a local news story. Here it is from the local Fox affiliate in Houston. Two toddlers were allegedly sexually assaulted in a bathroom at the Galleria by multiple men. One of the men was a mall employee. The FBI has arrested Arthur Hector Fernandez III and charged the 29-year-old with sexual exploitation of children. Fernandez is pictured here on his private Instagram with the username allegedly Hector. His account was named in court documents that detailed the disturbing allegations that he and at least six other unidentified men sexually assaulted and raped a toddler at what appeared to be a Galleria Mall bathroom. Court documents say last month the Australian Center to Counter Child Exploitation reported four explicit videos found on the dark web to the FBI in which at least two toddlers ages two and three were filmed being sexually and verbally assaulted by multiple men at once. Relatives of the toddlers told investigators Fernandez was a friend and fellow Galleria employee who offered to watch the kids while they were at work at the mall. You see, he's right there on the internet, chilling. My home is Houston, rainbow flag, rainbow flag. He looks, he looks so happy, doesn't he? And uh, he commits as heinous a crime as anyone could possibly imagine. A lot of people are calling for the death penalty. As a matter of justice, I think it would be perfectly right to execute all of these men very swiftly. Um, my only hold up on the death penalty for rapists of any sort, even including the most egregious rapists, is uh, it has nothing to do with them or their right to not be executed. It, it only has to do with a prudential question of if you kill rapists, if the, if the 
punishment for rape is the death penalty, then there's no incentive for the rapists not to kill their victims. So that's my only prudential uh, hold up against it. But, uh, you know, if, if these guys all hanged after being convicted, I would, you know, not lose one second sleep about it. In fact, it, that would feel quite good and, and would seem quite just. The part of this story that no one's talking about is the internet part of it. Everyone's talking about the action because that's that's the the heart of the evil here. But the more politically significant part, I think, is how these guys were apprehended. They put they they filmed pornography and then put it on the internet. This guy was a big user of the internet. He had a big public profile, and he he in fact talked about his sexual exploits in the profile implicitly. That's what the rainbow is about. He's not using that rainbow as a symbol that God gives to man to say that he'll never flood, destroy the world again in a flood, right? That's a symbol of a very particular and deviant sexual identity. And even if one has deviant sexual desires or sexual behaviors or, or whatever, that's one matter. To, to make that your identity, to put that in your bio on a social media account, that's a big red flag. Being chronically online, that's kind of a big red flag. And then these guys, like a lot of people, were obviously completely addicted to pornography. So it raises a question. If internet pornography were not so normalized, would these guys have committed this action? Maybe they would have. They're obviously perverts. But they didn't, they didn't just go rape a child. They filmed it. They were producing pornography for other perverts because there is a medium through which they can send this pornography to other perverts. Would, would they have done that if pornography were not so normalized, so difficult to prosecute, declared a, 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 a matter of free speech by some extreme liberals in recent decades? I don't know. Maybe, but would, would the instances of this kind of child exploitation really uh, be quite so so widespread? I'm not sure. We all have, we have to, when I report on this, I have to say that these men allegedly raped the toddler. Even though there's video footage up, they, they, the men were apprehended because there's video footage, but we still have to say allegedly. Well, when there's a, a video, it, it makes that word seem kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? This isn't even just the the far reaches of the dark, hidden internet where you've got to you know, have five separate handshakes to, to log into it. There is a major child sexual exploitation problem on the biggest porn sites in the country. We covered it just a few weeks ago on Pornhub and the, the affiliated websites, which constitute the largest purveyors of pornography on the internet. If the only moral maxim that we have is if it feels good, do it. And, you know, a corollary to that is as long as everything's consensual. It's not going to be long before you get to these kinds of crimes because people are going to chip away at consent. You're already seeing that happen with the trans movement. Oh, an eight-year-old can consent to mutilate his genitals. Oh, an eight-year-old can consent to go on puberty blockers. And people are going to feel good with all sorts of deviant, disgusting, perverted things that should obviously be illegal. So if, if, we're, if we're recognizing this is a major problem and we're going to move past that, then what do we do? What are the other moral maxims that are going to come? Where, where, how are we going to recover a moral order 
that doesn't tolerate or incentivize this kind of stuff. You, you might look back to, I don't know, our 2,000-year history and the way that morality interacted with our law when we had a civilization that we called Christendom. It's probably a good guide. The old Christian morality, which, which John Adams says, John Adams, who wasn't even particularly religious, said had to be the basis of the American morality. You might do that. But then you're going to start limiting things and proscribing things and outlawing things that uh, in recent years, a bunch of perverts and freaks have said are natural rights, but they're not. They're not. That's how it goes. Speaking of the sexual revolution, Lil Nas X. You remember Lil Nas X? He is uh, best known for filming a music video where he uh, is being uh, violated by the devil himself, but he's kind of enjoying it. Uh, Lil Nas X has been teasing that he's had a change of heart and he's going to become a Christian. Don't bug. Your girl is back. Me returning to God after the industry tried to make me satanic. Now, he's there, and it looks kind of fake, doesn't it? This reminds me, the second I saw this video, this reminded me of Snoop Dogg, who did kind of fool me. He posted on the internet, he said, I'm giving up smoke. Please respect my privacy in this time, Snoop. And he said, Snoop Dogg, he smokes pot all day long. What are you talking about? And then I'm giving up smoke. It just became a, a marketing campaign for a, a stove, like a smokeless grill that he, <laughs> he was trying to sell. And so the minute I saw that, I said, okay, Lil Nas X here. This guy is, I don't buy it. It can happen. I think it happened with Kanye. I think Kanye actually had a sincere moment of repentance when he made that album, uh, Jesus is King. And he banned people who were working on the album from fornicating. And all. And then, you know, unfortunately, he had some public backsliding, as has happened to a lot of people. Um, but I didn't think that's what was going on with Little Nas X. I thought it was kind of fake. You know, we, we God can do anything and turn any heart. But I, I didn't really see it here. And so anyway, now he's released this album. And it is exactly as blasphemous as you might imagine. We'll get to that in one second. First, though. My favorite comment yesterday is from the slow old man who says, I watched Vivek and Candace on Tim Pool's show. Would love to see Vivek as Trump's VP. And they asked that on Pool's show. Yeah, Vivek is really talented. I, there are people who want to just write Vivek out of this race and say, oh, you know, he's a sideshow. He didn't make it to the CNN debate before Iowa, so he's totally out. I don't think so, actually. He's still polling at a higher rate than the vast majority of candidates who have been in this race. He is a little bit outside the box, so people are trying to make him into the, I don't know, Andrew Yang or or uh, some kind of eccentric figure in this race. But he's much more intelligent than basically anyone who's run for president in decades. And he's extremely wealthy. <laughs> he's w worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I don't think people can just push Vivek to the side quite like that. Ideologically, or financially, or politically. I just don't think that's really going to happen. Okay, Lil Nas X is making a big PR stunt, and I guess we're all falling for it. He says he's going to become a Christian. Take it away. Yeah, uh, bust down chain, that was 30 bits. Bust down wrist, that's my bust down 30 inch. Walk up in the club, pop me like it was double me. Baby, 
you've got this dueling battle between heaven and hell. He's in both places. And he's playing a basketball game. And the angel beats the devil. But then he goes into a little cheerleader thing. Then he, he makes himself into Christ, but he does it upside down, which is a satanic symbol of a, a cross upside down is not satanic, but a crucifix upside down is a satanic symbol. And they're on the flood. Before anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The oldest passed away. Behold, the new has come. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Yeah, true. Okay, that's not the whole video. My producers spared me having to watch the whole thing. Two takeaways, which are two things that we've been talking about, actually, all show. I, that's the first time I'm seeing that music video. One is, weird sex stuff is not just frivolous and silly. It, it's really bad. I'm not saying it's the worst kind of sin, but it's really bad, and it leads one to much worse sins. When we read about ancient pagan cults, or when we read about the Israelites in the desert turning away from God and worshiping, a golden calf. I don't know what kind of image people usually form in their minds, but I think it's a kind of benign image, and it's that's not that. When ancient pagan cults would engage in their rituals, when the Israelites in the desert started worshiping a golden calf, they weren't just sort of standing there and kneeling down and bowing. They were doing lots of weird sex stuff, and and. This music video opens up, little Nas X is in heaven, and he looks like an angel, but he's got this, this sex collar around his neck, which is, which is significant, because what he's saying is, I'm, I'm basically a slave to sex. Right? That's the collar that is around my neck. And then you quickly realize that this, this uh, angel of light is a demon, and, and this vision of heaven is really a, a rather hellish vision. That's the first thing. It's not just fun and games. If it feels good, do it. If it feels good and you have been well-formed and well-educated and brought up and your desires have been cultivated in a healthy way, then feeling good can be a good thing and that can lead you toward more good things and a flourishing life. But if you've grown up in a corrupted way, if you have been traumatized, if you've been maleducated, if if very nasty desires have been cultivated in you and vices have been cultivated and habits have been left neglected, then if it feels good— is usually a signal that you should not do that thing because you, you because we're creatures of habit. And so if you cultivate very bad habits, then, then the things that feel good are going to be really bad for you. And if you've cultivated good habits, the things that feel good are going to be good for you. This is what Aristotle talks about in the Nicomachean Ethics. There are four kinds of people in this world, the ones who do bad things and love doing bad things, the ones who want to do good things, but they do bad things, they're incontinent, the, the ones who want to do bad things, but they basically manage to avoid doing bad things, but it's still very hard for them. Those are the people who are, who are continent. And then there are the virtuous people who, who want to do good things and actually succeed at doing good things. And we should strive for the, the latter, but in this day and age, especially with the society we live in, it's virtually impossible. That's the first thing that strikes me about that video. The second thing that strikes me about that music video is that all this bad stuff is just an attack on good stuff. All false religion is just a parody of, of the true religion. It's, it's a perversion or an inversion or an outright denial of the true religion. What is this satanic worship service? It's called the Black Mass, and it's just an inversion 
of, it's a mockery of the true mass, of the Catholic mass. Uh, this music video, which is, which is blasphemous and sacrilegious, just like his last one where he's getting stopped by the devil. What is it? is it? Is it something of his own creation? Is this the new little Nas X religion? No, it's just a mockery of true religion, Christianity. So many ideologies are just mockeries of true religion. Communism is a mockery of the true religion that, that changes the nature of freedom and slavery and, and oppression and, and redemption. And it perverts them into a very materialist kind of way. Liberalism is a mockery of Christianity that substitutes man for God. But it, it has the same language. It has the same trappings. It has the same behavior. The thing that unites all of those false ideologies is they're just parodies of the real thing. Now, speaking of the occult, slightly. And speaking of liberalism spreading, this is the funniest story that I have seen in quite a while. Um, DEI is coming to Skull and Bones. DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion is coming to Skull and Bones, which is Skull and Bones is the most elite of the secret societies at Yale, and there are a number of them, and Yale is one of the most elite, you know, in the old days, blue-blooded kind of schools in the country. And, but apparently, now, inside the tomb of Skull and Bones, which is where the, the society meets, they have all these portraits of old white men, and they're taking down the portraits because they don't like the white men. If, if even Skull and Bones is giving way to wokeness. It's over, folks. And I think a lot of people are surprised by this. I think a lot of people believe that, you know, there's a shadowy elite who are in charge. And then they foist all this craziness on the rest of us, all this confusion, the DEI and the ESG and the wokeness and the this is, but they understand. They're, they've still got their act together and they're just using all this stuff to control us. The reality, I think, is even scarier, which is, there is no adult in the room. Rather than liberalism just being a weapon that is wielded by the shadowy elite to control all of us, liberalism is more like an acid that just pours over everything and corrodes everything, including the shadowy elite, including the shadowy elite who are now having their portraits taken off the walls, <laughs> okay? Including the shadowy elite who become the victims of their own ideology. It's comforting in that it means that there's very likely not just one, one man, you know, Klaus Schwab or someone, you know, just like with a big cauldron. But, um, but it's scary in that it means things can spin out of control very quickly. As is happening right now, we're on the brink of World War III. The breaking news last night was that the United States and the UK are bombing Yemen. Now, what does this mean? Why are we bombing Yemen? Why are we getting involved in another war in another country in the Middle East? In principle, the reason we're doing it, I think, is totally justifiable because we're not going in and bombing Yemen just uh, to go fight a war for Israel. Uh, that would not be a justifiable reason to go do it, at least in my opinion. We're not going in and bombing Yemen to create a thriving Madisonian democracy in Yemen. I don't think that would be a justifiable reason. The re reason that the U.S. is bombing Yemen is because these Houthi terrorists in Yemen are blocking up the international shipping lanes. And so they... These are very important shipping lanes. They, they could be shutting down or, or dr drastically impeding world trade. And if you're the global hegemon, that is a big issue. That becomes a national security issue. That, that probably justifies the use of a certain kind of force as long as you're just flying in and dropping bombs and getting out of there and you're not you know, putting boots on the ground to build a new republic in Yemen. Um, 
So in principle, I actually think it's not the worst use of military power. The reason I'm really skeptical of this, why I'm just broadly opposed to this particular bombing campaign in Yemen, is because the people in charge are almost certainly going to screw it up and lead to World War III. So it, it's, not a, it's not a problem in principle. I have no problem with using military force in principle, especially to secure global shipping. You know, if, if, if we just let things spiral out of control and then the shipping breaks down, and then there's a regional war and then there's a world war, okay, I have no problem trying to pinpoint a, uh, a remedy to that quickly, especially if it's not going to cost American lives. Or you, I mean, not, not only not cost American lives, not even really risk American lives. The issue here is our Secretary of Defense just disappeared for three days. Didn't even tell the president. You probably haven't even heard of this story. Our Secretary of Defense had a, an operation to undergo uh, for his prostate. He goes in, there are complications. He ends up in the hospital for three days. The president, the National Security Council, never even heard about this until the guy had already been out for a considerable amount of time. That's not good. Do you trust Joe Biden to, to, to manage a military operation that won't lead to World War III? I don't trust him at all. I don't trust Joe Biden to order lunch. Things can spiral out of control very, very quickly. And the irony, of course, is we were told that Joe Biden had to become president because now the adults are back in charge. It's a return to normality. You're right, war in the Middle East and world war breaking out broadly. That is a return to normality. That's not the kind of normality that I want. It's a new year, but left-wing companies are still up to their old tricks. Ladies, help your fellas wash out the woke once and for all with Jeremy's Razor's new line of men's staples. Not actual staples for like a stapler, but uh, products. He's going to love the tea tree and argan oil infused shampoo, the conditioner, exfoliating charcoal body wash, or if he's a soap traditionalist who prefers something to hold on to, the oatmeal and citrus soap scrub. They smell great. They're all made right here in the USA by a men's grooming company that does not hate men. Shop the new Jeremy's hair, face, and body wash collection. Kick woke out of the bathroom. When you visit the store, do it through my URL so I get the referral bragging rights. Go to dailywire.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Treat your man to some great Jeremy's Razors products today. That is dailywire.com slash Knowles. Don't go to dailywire.com slash Ben. Then Ben gets the credit. You got to go to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Finally, finally, we've arrived at my favorite time of the week when I get to hear from you in the mailbag. The mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, today to save an additional 50% on your first month. Take it away. Hey, Mike. So about this intro on your show, you recently had a discussion with Matt Walsh where he was representing the people that don't like it because it's quote unquote kind of gay. So I'm one of those people that don't like it, but I don't think it's kind of gay. I don't think that's the reason it's a questionable intro. I think the reason it's a questionable intro is because you are obviously not a little bit on the Metro side (laughs) because that's just a joke. That's obviously just a joke that you say all the time. And so you're very uncomfortable in the intro, it seems to me. It's kind of, mm. It seems kind of contrived. Mm. You're really stiff when you're dancing. It doesn't seem like you know how to dance, which is evidence to me that you're not really that effeminate. So I don't think anyone would blame you if you did a reshoot, but that's just me. What do I know? Thanks. I don't know how to feel about your comment. Because you're saying, Michael, you're not effeminate. You're, you're actually masculine. And that's why you're a terrible dancer. I don't think I'm a terrible, am I a terrible dancer? I took a couple dance classes, you know, back in my youth. I don't, so, but if I say I'm a good dancer, then you're saying I'm a little, uh, you know, mezzo finuc. 
But you're saying, I'm not like that, so I don't, huh. Would I rather be masculine or a good dancer? I don't know. Next question. Hey, Michael, you've talked a little bit about Italian cuisine on your show, and my question to you is, if you were on death row, what would you choose to be your last meal? It can be as long and elaborate as you would like. Thanks. I would choose sweet little Elisa's lasagna. No question. Fresh lasagna. I don't know. I probably couldn't, couldn't order it on death row. I guess if I asked Elisa, really, she'd be like, Mac, you ruined my life. You're a serial killer. I don't, I, it's really bad, but I will make you your lasagna, Mac. I will do that. That final, final wish that you have. And it, it is fresh pasta. Obviously, you roll it out with the double zero flour and everything, you know, and then, but, but the key to this lasagna is, it's not a regular lasagna. It's a beef and pork in the bolognese sauce. Nice little carrot in there too. And, you know, just a nice little bolognese. And then bechamel. And then obviously the Parmesan and, and stacked up very nicely. That would, that would be my last meal. No, no question. Next one. Hi, Michael. Justin here. I, woke, I wrote in about uh, a little bit over a month ago. I was a guy who's got some uh, interesting feelings for his uh, best friend. But this isn't about <laughs> that. Um, recently, I've been... Uh, partially because of you thinking about converting to Catholicism. However, I have a lot of questions. Um, I've already started for a little bit over a week now praying the uh, rosary every day, and I do feel it helps me. It makes me feel like a lot lighter throughout the day. Um, but I don't know like where to start because it's like if it was... I, I was born and raised uh, in like Baptist churches and stuff like that. My grandfather's deacon at um, his church... Uh, and I would say that my grandmother is, uh, the second coming of mother Teresa, but, uh, just minus the Catholicism. <laughs> um, but, uh, I really don't know where to start. Like with the Protestant churches, you can kind of just start going just for, just to go. Uh, I don't know if that's how Catholics work and there's just a lot I don't know. Um, so if anything, you could help with my conversion and start going to, um, Catholic churches would help. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Yeah, that's great. That's great news. Yeah, just go. You can just go. Go to a mass. Um, if you go to a traditional Latin mass, which is what I tend to do, uh, you'll you'll want to get a missile. So you can either look it up online, just Latin mass missile or Latin mass propers, and that'll pull up the translation because presumably you don't speak fluent Latin. Or you can order one online. Just go to Amazon, Latin mass missile, 1962, it'll come up. And then you can see the translation. I think that's really beautiful. If there's not one in your area or you want to kind of dip your toe in a little bit first um, in a, a more maybe accessible mass, yeah, just go to any mass. Uh, I would not receive the Eucharist. You know, I, would, I wouldn't go up for the Holy Communion if, if you're not in a state of grace and you haven't converted and you haven't had a confession, you know. But it's okay. Just you know, just stay in the pew and pray during that. Um, and uh, But then, yeah, just go. And then talk to the priest afterward. It's not, that's not so scary. There's a lot of smells and bells, which can be a little intimidating, but no, they're, they're very nice people. It's okay. Great news. Next one. Now, I love Trump. No, <laughs> I love the tax cuts. I love the secure borders. I love no new wars. I love the judicial appointments. And I even love his tweets. I love Trump so much that I voted for him in two generals and even in two primaries. Hmm. That's right. I voted for him in March 2020 when he was running unopposed. So if I could snap my fingers and make him president for four more years, I would do it. Heck, if I could get 24 more years of President Trump, I would be a happy camper. (laughs) But 
I'm voting for Vivek Ramaswamy in the primary because I am worried about whether Trump can win. Yes, I know he has the support of most Republicans, and I know that he beats Biden in most head-to-head matchups, even when you consider the swing states individually. But I have a fear that keeps me up at night, and that fear is one Fannie Willis. I'm afraid that in September, when Trump is our nominee and we have too much momentum to choose another, District Attorney Willis is going to throw Trump in a prison jumpsuit, and he will lose the support of the most crucial voting demographic, suburban white women. I worry that they will think a convict is a bad example for their non-binary sons (laughs) and that they would rather have four more years of crime, inflation, mass illegal immigration, and flirtation with nuclear war. My question is, are my fears based in reality, or do they present no obstacle to voting for Donald Trump, the founder of our Feast of Kafefe? Thank you, as always, for bringing the wisdom of 1390 to 2024. Marvelous question, as always, Arun. I don't want to discourage you from voting for Vivek. I, he's a friend of mine, and I really like the guy, and I think he's had a good candidacy. So I'm not, I'm not discouraging you from doing that at all. If you want an argument as to why um, Trump's indictments are not a, a reason to boot him off the ballot, well, one is, you know, if, if we establish that precedent, then we're just letting the Democrats choose our nominee. To me, the fact that they want to send him to St. Helena so badly is actually a mark in his favor. It makes me think that they really are afraid of him, that if he does make it to the general, that that he really could win, which I think is borne out in the polls, though who knows? You know, who knows? There, there could be shenanigans and the polls are are not all that reliable. Uh, I just also think whoever the nominee is, they're going to throw everything at him. So right now, for instance, Nikki Haley says that she beats Biden by 17 points. And maybe she does do better against Biden than Trump does. I'm a little skeptical, but maybe she does. Uh, But she ain't going to beat him by 17 points, I promise you that. It's because the Democrats haven't attacked her yet. But the minute they start attacking her, and and they're not just going to attack her with TV ads. I mean, we're now in the litigious phase of American democracy. So they're probably going to accuse her of, you know, a coup d'etat or of, you know, pillaging a town or of, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors before she ever gets into office. Um, Vivek, same thing. They'll contrive some scandal with one of his companies or something. I don't know. They'll find something. And, and, and when I say they find something, I mean, they probably won't actually find anything. They'll just make it up and, and, and use it against him. So I'm past that. I, I, I tend to believe that most Americans, including a lot of Democrats, think that the indictments against Trump are wrong, that it's a political persecution, even if he is convicted. Uh, what the Democrats believe is that once the evidence is presented and he's actually wearing an orange jumpsuit, that is what's going to rally Americans to say, no, this is too much. Uh, we can't vote for this guy. I kind of think it's the opposite, though. I think that the sight of an American president and, a, and the most popular candidate in the presidential race right now in an orange jumpsuit is going to so horrify Americans as to the banana republic that we've descended into that it will help his numbers. That's that's my guess. Who knows? I mean, we'll probably find out, but that's my guess. Question from Beauregard. Michael, simple economic lesson. You make the cigars, we buy and smoke the cigars. No one gets hurt. When can we expect you to hold up your end of this deal, sir? Delay too long and you could go down in history as the cause of the Mayflower insurrection. I know, I, I know, man. I want to say I did warn about this. I didn't think we'd sell out four months supply of Mayflower cigars in 24 hours. I thought it was maybe possible, but I didn't, I'm not saying I would have bet on that. However, 
I said, once that happened, I said, look, we're going to get a little bit more stock in, who knows what, 10,000 cigars, 20,000 cigars, not a lot of cigars. And I mean, by industry standards, that is a lot of cigars, but I knew we were selling a lot. I said, if you want them, get them now. Log in, they're going to be gone in an hour. And then, because this is an aged product that I refuse to rush, I, I said, it could be months. So I'm meeting with our production guy and our distribution guy some of the biggest guys in the cigar industry. I'm meeting with them, I think, next week. And we're going to sort everything out. But I'll tell you, I'm, I don't want to give you bad expectations. It's not going to be next week. It's not going to be two weeks from now. It's not going to be a month from now, even. I'm, I'm confident that by sometime in March, we will get more cigars to you. But that's a long way away. That could be six weeks to 10 weeks away. From Leland, hey, Michael, do you think it's of any concern if Epstein is still alive? I just saw some footage of him still doing maintenance on the island and then hiding and driving away. Who shows a funeral or wake of someone who is deceased with a different nose on top of it on national TV if you have nothing to hide? Huh. Well, I don't think Epstein did maintenance on his island even when he was alive. So I don't. And I, I saw the pictures. They said, this isn't really Epstein because his face looks a little different. I'm somewhat skeptical of that. I don't know. I mean, the guy was obviously connected to intelligence in some way. And we know that his business partner and paramour, Ghislaine Maxwell, we know her father was mobbed up, certainly with Israeli intelligence and British intelligence and maybe Russian intelligence. So I don't know. Could they, The whole thing is crazy. The, the fact that all the cameras went out and all the guards fell asleep and he happened to be allowed to kill himself. No one really believes that. Uh, so is it so insane to say maybe he's still alive? No, I guess it's possible. I wouldn't put money on it, though. It seemed much more likely that he was killed through um, more elaborate circumstances than we've led to believe than to think that he's still Maybe he is. I just don't know what, I don't know what purpose he would serve if he were still alive now. It'd be a huge liability for whoever snuck him out. So probably more likely... He was killed one way or another. Okay, it's Fake Headline Friday, baby. I need your help to pick out the fake headline. The rest of the show continues now. You don't want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, Canada, WLES, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.